We are so glad that you have chosen to stream this audio, and we hope it will encourage you in your faith and your walk towards Christ-likeness. As a side note, we pray that this audio sermon is just supplemental in your relationship with Christ, and in no way replaces the church you are plugged into or the pastor that God has put in your life to shepherd and care for your soul. And so with that said, please enjoy this sermon. We have prayed that God would use it in your life. What would you say to those who are scared right now? What would you say to those who are afraid? You see, this is the question that a lot of our politicians and healthcare professionals, uh, this is the question they're being asked during these days. This is the question they get regularly. And some of them maybe respond better than others do. Some of them are maybe more ready for the question than others are. But, but this is a question that, that we're all asking right now, is what do we do with our fear? What do we do with our anxiety? What do we do with our worry and our concerns? You see, there's nothing like a global pandemic to, to strike fear in the hearts of everyone in the world. I mean, I mean, you all know this. I mean, I mean so, somehow, so many of us have gotten so afraid that, that there's no longer any toilet paper anywhere in the world. Um, and, and, it, and it's fear that kind of just drives these really strange res- responses that we have sometimes. You see, so many people are so afraid right now. And, and the question is, is not really... Okay, healthcare professional, okay, politician, what, what would you say to those who are afraid right now? The question is, what does God have to say to those of us who are afraid right now? What, what do Jesus' words have to say to those who struggle with anxiety, to those who are concerned about what's happening around them, to those who are, are worried about a, a job or a loved one or, or the economy itself. The question is, what does Jesus have to say to those of us who are afraid? And so today, we're going we're to take a, a, a short break from our, our study in the book of Luke, and we're actually going to jump over to another gospel account of Jesus' life and ministry, and we're going to look at the gospel of Matthew in chapter 6. So if you've got a Bible or, or you've got a device that, that you're not streaming the live feed on and, and you want to you know, turn there, this would be a great time to do that. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses uh, about 24 or 25 to uh, 34, I believe. So if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 6 today, we're going to look at uh, what Jesus would have to say to those of us who are afraid in the midst of a pandemic. So Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to see five things this morning that Jesus has to say to us in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our anxieties. Because friends, there, there is nothing better to rely on this morning and throughout this whole pandemic than the words of the God who is eternal, who is present, who is with us, who is in control, and, and, and whom none of those things change because of a crisis like this. So, so we go to the Lord this morning. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read our passage starting in verse 25 and ending in verse 34. Here, here's what 
Jesus has to say about our anxieties. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Would you pray with me one more time? Father God, we, we come to you in this moment. We come to you with our fears, with our anxieties, with our concerns, whether they be about our job or, or, or our health or, or, or even our economy and, and what the world's going to look like after all this is over. God, God, we bring these concerns to you this morning. Jesus, I ask that, that you would speak to our hearts today, that you would, you would use your words to bring about a, a kind of comfort and peace that comes from only knowing you and trusting in you. Because, Lord, our, our, our sin and our temptation, it, it drives us away from you. It, it causes us to look to you and, and trust in other things and, and to place our hope elsewhere. But God, you are the only well that brings the water that we need. You are the only one who can bring peace in the midst of a pandemic. You are the only one who can help us. And so God, we ask for your help this morning. We come to you and we turn to you with our fears and, and we say, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you help us to trust in you? And it's in your glorious, mighty name we ask these things. Amen. Well, I want us to look at five things that Jesus has to say to us this morning about our anxiety, about our fears during this time. Did you notice that the passage today in verse 25, it starts with this word, therefore. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or, or, or your body, what you will put on. And so Jesus, anytime in scripture where we read that word therefore, there's kind of this, you know, Christian cliche about interpreting the Bible that when you read the word therefore, you have to ask, well, what is it there for? And so when we see this word, it's a transition kind of word. 
Jesus is transitioning from talking about something else, and, he, and he's saying, okay, now that I've talked to you about these things, now I want you to look at this with me, because this is related to what we've just been talking about. And, and so I'd encourage you later today, maybe you can go and read the passage that is directly before this one, because what you'll see there is that Jesus has just finished talking about how you cannot serve both God and money. You see, Jesus has been talking about how people need to learn to place their treasures in heaven and not on earth. How we need to have a heavenly, godly perspective and not an earthly, worldly one. How, how, how we, we can only serve one master. We can either serve the God who is always in control or, or we can serve and, and pursue money in life, which will always fail us. You see, Jesus has just spent a, a bunch of time talking about money. And, and, and the reason that he's now talking about anxiety right after he talks about money is because Jesus knows that there is nothing that so grips our hearts like fear and anxiety and money. You see, these two things, maybe we haven't seen the connection between them before, but Jesus knows it. Jesus knows that a lot of our anxieties in life have to do with money itself. We worry about whether or not we're going to have enough money to pay our bills one month. We worry about whether or not we'll have money to help our kids go to college. We, we worry about whether or not we're going to have money to, to, to make rent or buy food or, or goodness. I mean, I mean, during this thing, toilet paper. You see, we get very, very concerned about money because it's this resource in life in which it, it actually helps us to acquire some of the things we actually need. And then beyond the things that we actually need, money itself actually helps us to acquire even some of the things that we want, some of the things we desire, some of the things we think that might make life a little more easy or, or fun and enjoyable. You see, we see money as a way to get the things that we need and want in life, rather than seeing God as the one who provides it all as the one who owns it all, as the one who is sovereign over it all, as the one who is always in control. You see, oftentimes our lives are ruled by the dollar rather than the Lord. You see, and so Jesus has just told his disciples, he's, he's just taught those who, who were hearing him, you cannot serve both God and money. And then he says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And he says, what you will eat or what you will drink or, or your body, what you will put on. So Jesus, he, he's talking about the essential things in life. He's talking about the things that oftentimes we use money to buy. He's talking about food. He's talking about water. He's talking about clothes and shelter. He's talking about the essentials in life, the needs that we have. You see, and so this passage is, is very, very relevant for us today in the midst of a global pandemic in which we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow looks like or, or maybe even later today, let alone next week. There's so much uncertainty right now, and, and there's so much fear we have around it. And, and see, so, so, so maybe, maybe right now 
Maybe your fears are centered on, you know, you've lost hours at work, or maybe you've lost a job entirely. And friend, I'm so sorry. We're, we're, we're praying with you and for you during this time. Maybe your, maybe your fears are, 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 are centered around what, what would happen to your business or, or the businesses in your community, what your community is going to look like in the coming weeks. Maybe your fears are, are centered around our, our economy as a whole. Maybe your fears are, are, are about your loved ones or, or your own health. You see, we have so many reasons for concern in life right now. So many fears, and, and, and fear, when, when fear is what controls our life, it drives us to do some strange and, and unhelpful at best, harmful at worst things. Because when we lack a trust in God, who is in control, even if we don't see it right now, even if we don't comprehend it, when we don't place our faith in him, we place it in something else. Your, your faith always goes somewhere. And if it's placed anywhere else, it's placed in something that isn't actually out for your good, that doesn't know your needs like God does. You see, fear, it, it, can, lead us to, it can lead us to outright panic. It can lead us to, to flood doctor's offices and, and call incessantly because we're worried about, oh man, I coughed this morning or, or my throat felt a little, a little tingly and, and, and maybe I've got this virus. And so we start to panic and, and, and then we call our doctor's office and, and they don't answer. And then we call another doctor because our doctor didn't answer. And, and then, you know, okay, nobody's answering. So then we, we just go to the hospital. You see, and we get so anxious and we allow fear to cause panic and then we flood our healthcare system, which, which is exactly what we're trying to avoid right now. We're trying to not overwhelm our healthcare professionals who are doing such a, a great job in, in caring for us and, and putting in long, hard hours. And, and, and so we allow fear to, to overwhelm those who are actually helping us. Maybe we allow fear to, to cause us to outright ignore what's happening. We, we ignore the recommendations of healthcare professionals, elected officials. We say, oh, you're just making too big of a deal of this thing. I mean, most people will be fine. And, and we ignore the recommendations of, of healthcare professionals, and then we needlessly endanger those who won't be fine, those who are older, those who have some pre-existing conditions, those who are vulnerable. Out of our fear and our pride, we needlessly endanger them. Or, or, or maybe we get really anxious about what this is going to do to our economy, and, and all of a sudden, out of, out of our fear, we're, we're prone to, to believe the latest political conspiracies, and, and we share those articles, and all of a sudden, Facebook and Twitter are flooded with all these different theories about, you know, what's really behind this. And see, we, we, we all allow fear to, to drive us in certain ways. You see, but just like, just, just like Jesus is teaching us that you can't serve both God and money, you can't serve God and anxiety. We will either trust in the Lord or we will trust in fear and it will drive us to destruction. We need Jesus' words this morning. And so he, 
he says five things to us. The first thing that he says is, do not be anxious about your life. He says, don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. Don't be anxious about what you will drink. Don't be anxious about your body itself and what you'll wear to protect it. He says, don't be anxious about the things that you actually need in life. He's not saying don't, don't be anxious about whether or not you're going to make a million dollars this year. He's, he's not saying don't be anxious about whether or not, you know, I mean, I mean kind of like I was a, a few weeks ago, whether or not March Madness was going to get canceled. He's saying don't be anxious about the things that you actually need in life. The things that if you didn't have them, you wouldn't make it. Jesus is saying, you and I, we don't have reason to fear even even about the things that we need that are essential. Groceries, food, water, and, and even toilet paper. I mean, resources, medicine, clothes, the things we need, our, our health or the health of loved ones. Jesus says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He wants us to, to change our perspective. He says, you're, you're looking at something so small and there's something bigger at work here. He says, is not life more than food? So he, so he says, since God gave you life itself, more than just the food to sustain it, and since God gave you a, a body itself, more than just the clothes to put on it and protect it, won't God also take care of the food and the clothing and the things that you need for that life and body? You see, if God gave you life itself, don't you think that he will provide what you need to sustain it? If God gave you life and a body, then he will provide the food you need and, and the clothes you need. God, God knows our needs more and better than we do. So Jesus says, don't be anxious about your life. So, so we have to ask, what is, what is anxiety? What is fear? I mean, we talk about this all the time. We, we feel it all the time, but, but what is it? I, I love how pastor and author David Platt put it this, this last week. He, he, he said, anxiety is caring, caring concern in such a way that it causes you to lose, lose perspective on life or to lack trust in God. It, it's caring concerns in such a way that causes us to lose perspective or to not place our faith and our hope and our trust in the Lord. Anxiety, it involves carrying something. So, so maybe you remember a time when, when you were helping a friend move or maybe you were moving yourself and, and you lifted something really heavy. Maybe it was like a sleeper sofa. I, I worked at a furniture store when I was a teenager and, and we all, all, all our customers always ordered these sleeper sofas and these recliners. And if you've ever lifted one of these, you know how heavy they are. And the problem was is that oftentimes it was for lake houses, and these lake houses were right on the water. And so, you know, there wasn't a ton of space inside the house, but, but there, were usually, there was usually an upper level. And I mean, without fail, it was like every time we did a delivery, they wanted that sleeper sofa on the upper level. And the only way to get up there was like this little tiny spiral staircase, 
I mean, I mean the kind that you barely have, time, have, have the space to, to get on and start walking up. And you're like ducking your head to try and not hit it as you're trying to get up to the second floor. And we would have these really heavy couches and things to, to lift up there. And whenever you're lifting something really heavy, have, have you ever had somebody come up to you and try and ask you something? They say, oh, hey, Grant, what do you think about, about, about this over here? And you're lifting this really heavy thing, and you can't possibly answer the question. Because all you're focused on is what you're carrying. All you've got energy for is, is that weight. You see, it's the same thing with anxiety. When we just continue to carry it, when we continue to let our concerns overwhelm us and we continue to carry it longer than, than we should and we refuse to trust it to the Lord, we can't have perspective. We can't see things clearly because something is overwhelming us, something that we need to trust the Lord with, that we need to, to, to lift to him. Anxiety is like this intense weight. And if we let it, it'll crush us. But the Lord says, I know your needs. You don't have to be anxious about life itself because I know what you need. Second, he says, he tells us to consider our eternal value in God's eyes. Look with me at verses 26 through 30. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds, you, feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, meaning, meaning they, don't, they don't do anything for themselves. They don't work to get what they need. God just provides it. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You see, look at what he says there in verse 30. He says, if, if God clothes the grass... With beautiful flowers, with lilies, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, meaning, meaning the grass, it's, it's temporary. I mean, I mean, goodness, you know, maybe, maybe you're starting to have to worry about mowing your lawn during this season, and, and you know that, like, man, you're, you're going to mow that thing tomorrow. It's not going to last real long. You see, grass, it, it, it's temporary. It, it doesn't last and he says, there's a contrast here that Jesus is pointing out. He, he's pointing out, okay, if something that is temporary, God cares for it like this, he, he adorns it with beauty, then how much more is he going to care for you, you who are e eternal? You, you will live forever. Either, either you will live in connection with God and relationship with him because you've turned from sin and trusted in Jesus and, and you're reconciled to God through his blood shed on the cross, or... You'll live forever separated from God, enduring his just judgment for your rebellion. You see, we are eternal, and, and the grass is temporary. And so Jesus says, 
man, if the grass is temporary and God cares for it like this, how much more is he going to care for you, with you who are eternal? You who are made in God's image. He, he says he, he, he cares for the birds like this. How much more is he going to care for you who are made to reflect his glory and his goodness and, and who he is to his creation? You, you have an eternal value. You have value in the sight of God. It's, it's an eternal value, not a temporary one. You see, may, maybe you hadn't thought about bird watching and gardening as a way to combat anxiety. But that's exactly what Jesus asked us to do. He says, look around at creation. He says, see the way that God cares for it. And know that your heavenly Father cares for you, his son or his daughter. He, he, he's a father who, who loves his kids, who, who wants to provide their needs. We, we just read this idea in, in Psalm 23, right? The, the Lord's our shepherd and, and we shall not want. We, we won't be in need. He, he leads us beside still waters. He, he, he leads us where we need to go. He provides everything that we need. And so David, knowing this, he says, he says, I'll fear no evil because I know that you're with me, God. That's what we have to recognize now. In the midst of a global pandemic, God is with us. In the midst of our isolation at home, God is with you, friend. In the midst of, of wondering whether or not you, you've contracted a virus that everyone's concerned about right now, God is with you, friend. God, God cares for you. He, he will care for you. He, he, he knows your needs better than you do and more than you do. It, it's so encouraging, I think, this last bit of, of that verse in verse 30. He says, will he not much more clothe you Oh, you have little faith. You see, Jesus knows that we struggle to trust him. Jesus knows that, that, that our faith is, is small and, and, it's not, and we're not strong and, and we're tempted towards these fears and these concerns and to carry him. And he says, you have little faith. God cares for you. When we struggle to believe, God cares for us. He goes on and he, he, he says, uh, well, in fact, in a couple verses before that, he says anxiety, it actually accomplishes nothing useful. This is the third thing that Jesus wants us to see. He says in verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Implying that none of you can, none of us can. We, we can't do anything useful by continuing to carry the weight of anxiety. You see, anxiety and fear itself, it can be useful in a moment of danger to help us fight or flee from it. But if we continue to carry it, if we continue to worry about the future, if we continue to, to be concerned about what may or may not happen, if we continue to carry this heavy weight, friends, we don't have the strength to do it. It, it won't add anything to us. In fact, it'll take away from us. It will rob us of joy. 
It will rob us of faith. It, it will rob us of love. You see, so, so many of the reasons that, that people treat one another in, in such harsh ways during things like this, it, it, it's tied to fear. You see, the, they're so afraid of this pandemic and it causes them not to love those around them well. I think of a, a, a story I heard the other day from, from a friend that he, he spends a lot of time tutoring kids in school and, and it's, it's, his, it's his job. And, and he was tutoring this, this Asian boy when all of this kind of started to be really controversial here in the States. And, and the whole session, this little boy was crying. Because that day at school, some other kids had bullied him and made fun of him and, and, and tried to stay away from him just because he was Asian. You know, there, there's this kind of fear that we have right now that, that we just look for a reason for all this, the, that all this is happening because we think if we, can, if we can just find the reason, then we can somehow fight against it. Friends, sometimes we got to admit that things are bigger than us. Because that fear, it doesn't produce the kind of, of, of love and care for one another that we need right now. Instead, it, it drives hate and, and division and, and unhelpful conversations. And, and all of a sudden, we make enemies with the people that we need to support. With the people we need encouragement from as well. See, friends, anxiety, it's, it's not useful. Fear, it, it doesn't bring about good things. It doesn't add to your life. It takes away from it. It robs you of joy. It robs you of love. It brings your destruction. I love how Jim Neuheiser puts it. He says, anxiety is, is three things. It is senseless because your heavenly Father cares for you. Anxiety is, secondly, useless because your anxiety accomplishes nothing good. And thirdly, your, your anxiety is, is faithless because your anxiety denies God's love and care for you. So, so, so let's talk about that one for a minute because this is the next thing that Jesus wants us to see. He, he wants us to understand that, that we shouldn't act like unbelievers out of fear. Look with me at verses 31 through 33. He says, Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Notice first what Jesus says. when He, he says this, he offers this command. He says, do not be anxious three times in this passage. He says, don't be afraid, don't fear. Jesus says it three times in this one passage. And, and the Bible itself, Scripture itself, it offers us this command, this encouragement, this exhortation, do not fear, do not be afraid, some version of that, somewhere between 300 and 365 different times. So some scholars, they, 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 they hang on that 365 to say, okay, well, well, God gives you a reason not to fear every day. God speaks a word to his people every day not to fear. And whether or not it's actually 365 times or, or just somewhere over 300, that's true, isn't it? 
that God speaks to us in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our anxiety, that, that, that he gives us reasons and, and, and multiple reasons, more than we would ever have time to talk about in one message or even a series, to not fear. But look at what Jesus says here in verse 32. He says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. The Gentiles, or you, know, you could read there, unbelievers, those who don't belong to God, who are not a part of God's covenant people. He says unbelievers act like this, where they're driven by their concern. They're driven by their worry. They're driven by their fear and anxiety. They're driven by wondering if, if they're going to have the things they need, if they're going to have food and water, if they're going to have clothes and shelter, if they're going to have health, if their loved ones will. They're, they're driven by these things. He says, but the believer is driven by something else, driven by their faith in God, the God who actually provides what we need and who knows our needs. Did you see that there? Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Friends, God knows your need better than you do. He knows it before you know that you need it. He knows what you cannot know. So why spend all your time worrying about these things instead of trusting the God who knows? You see, anxiety is, is all about what ifs. What if this happened? What if this doesn't happen? We spend all our time asking these what if questions instead of trusting the one who knows, who doesn't have to ask what if. Because he's planned it all from the beginning and he's with us in it and he's leading us through it. He knows our needs, friends. So we shouldn't act like unbelievers who don't know this God. Christian, you, you and I, our lives should look very different in the midst of a pandemic than the unbelieving world around us. We should be characterized by the ways that we seek to love and serve the vulnerable. We had to be characterized by, by our trust in the Lord, though, though we lose a job, though we lose hours, though, though we lose a business, though the economy might be in shambles at some point, we trust the Lord who is in control, the one who rules over all the kingdoms of the earth, the one who is sovereign, and that nothing changes that. Not the loss of your house, not whether or not you have food on the table tonight. Not the destruction of, of kingdoms and empires. Nothing changes God's sovereignty. Nothing changes his control. Nothing changes his care for you, friend. He knows your needs. Meaning, meaning and, and part of this may be that God humbles us and, and shows us that we didn't actually need the things we thought. Maybe you don't need a bill. Maybe you do lose a job. Maybe a loved one does get sick. Maybe we lose somebody that we care about. And God's care for you, friend, is still true. Sometimes God leads us through really difficult and dark seasons 
And he shows us in the midst of them that what we really needed was him. Not all these things that, that, that plague us and that, and that concern us, but instead that we need the one who provides our needs and who knows them better than we do and, and who knows that what we actually need is him. You see, so friends, we, we must not act like unbelievers out of fear during this season. Instead, we, we, we love God and we love our neighbor as ourself. God knows what you need, friends, before you do more than you do. So trust him and, and seek his kingdom and let him provide your needs. Look with me at this last verse, with, at this last thing that Jesus wants us to see. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself and sufficient for the day, meaning today is its own trouble. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, focus on what God has asked you to do today. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Friends, tomorrow's mercy, tomorrow's grace, tomorrow's strength, tomorrow's wisdom, tomorrow's resources, tomorrow's, tomorrow's care and health, to, to, tomorrow comes tomorrow. God has put things in front of you today. So stop worrying about what he's going to bring you tomorrow. Trust him for tomorrow and, and look at what he's asked of you today. Do not be anxious for tomorrow. Sufficient for today is its own trouble, is its own work. Ask yourself during this time, each and every day, these questions. One, how can I seek God's purposes today? How can I seek God's kingdom? How, how can I pursue God's will? And then secondly, ask yourself, how can I seek God's character today? How can I seek his righteousness how can I grow to be more like Christ, to be more godly during this pandemic? You see, because when we turn our focus on him, when we focus on God, it can't be focused on fear. If our focus is truly on him, we cannot focus on our anxieties. He's too big. He's too good. He's too sovereign. If your focus is on the Lord, then it can't be on the things you're concerned about because he drives all your focus to him. See, Christian, God has, has given you something and someone to pursue today, something to do today. Do that get, Sure, get, get the toilet paper that you need for the week. Get, get the groceries you need for this week, but not the next three years. Trust God for tomorrow. Sure, go to the store, get what you need for today, but trust that God knows your needs before you do and that he'll provide for tomorrow. Share the hope of Christ or a comforting verse from Scripture that, that is kind of an anchor for you during this time on social media. And instead of sharing all these opinion-based articles, frankly, by those who, who often don't know what they're talking about because they don't have medical degrees and they don't know enough about economics and, 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 and world politics and things to, to actually give you a, a substantial, good, wise 
opinion, but instead we get all these articles being shared out of fear. When we have an opportunity on social media, Christians, to to be a, a voice of light and hope in a very dark time, Share the good news with somebody. Share a verse that that is an anchor for you, a comfort for your soul. Show people why you have trust in the Lord during this time. Not why you're afraid of everything that's happened. Pray for the leaders in your church. Pray for Pastor Cameron and I. We need your prayers during this time. No pastor has led a church through a global pandemic before. This is new territory. We all need your prayers. Pray for leaders in our community, politicians, healthcare professionals. Pray for leaders in our state and in our country and all over the world. I mean, Paul, through the words of Paul, God commands us to do this. He says, pray for all people, especially those who are in high places, so that we can live in a peaceful time. You see, pray for for even the leaders that you disagree with. Spend more time praying than you do criticizing. That's what it looks like to trust the Lord and, and not let fear drive your actions during this time. That's one way. You see, leaders, they've got heavy burdens to carry during this season, and, and they need your prayers more than they need your advice. Leaders of all kinds during something like this, they need your prayers more than they need your words. Your neighbors need your love more than they need your fear. So find ways to show them. Ask if you can get something from the store for them. Ask if there's any ways you can pray for them. Ask if there's any way that you can be a blessing. Pay your bills as you're able. Seek help when you're not. Don't sit and suffer in silence. Instead, seek out help when you're in need. Let, let us know. You know. Seek out the different avenues that the government is providing during a time of need as well. God, God uses all kinds of resources to provide the needs of his people. So trust him. Seek out help when you need to. Pay your bills when you can. And, and support local businesses if you can right now. There's a lot of people who are hurting, and and you offering them just a little bit of financial support can be a huge blessing and a way to show them love during a time when maybe they are really anxious, really afraid. might even open some doors for you to share the hope that you have in Christ. And and give generously during this time to, to support God's kingdom, whether, it, uh, you know, through JBC and the ministries here as we continue to make disciples, even in the midst of a pandemic, as well as ministries all over the world as missionaries serve and, and ministries in our city are trying to serve the needy and, and the homeless and the hurting. Continue to give generously, trusting that, that God has got this, that he has you, that he's given you things and ways to be a blessing to others. None of us knows what tomorrow holds, but we know the God who holds tomorrow. So friends, we can trust him. So friends, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Instead, let's let God take care of tomorrow. Would you pray with me? 
God, we are in desperate need of you during this time. We are in need of your grace, in need of your wisdom. We need your help. We need the resources that only you have and that you have access to. We need what only you can give us. Ultimately, yourself, life eternal and you everlasting. Peace that transcends understanding. Hope and light in the midst of darkness. Relationship in the midst of isolation. God, you meet our needs, you know our needs. And Lord, I just ask that you would help us to trust you. Lord, would you lift that weight of anxiety off our shoulders? Would you help us to lift it to you in prayer and to trust you with our concerns? God, we need you. We ask for your help. We ask that you would free us from anxiety, free us from fear, and give us hope, trust, and faith in you that drives us to love our neighbor as ourself. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.